0: So today we're going to continue our study on Malachi, and uh, today we are going to talk about giving our best, giving our best. Now I want to say before we get started that um, sometimes when we study God's Word chapter by chapter and verse by verse um, in a particular book of the Bible, that it can get kind of heavy. Because sometimes the Bible can be kind of heavy. (laughs) Sometimes the Bible can can say some things that uh, would make us squirm just a little bit. And uh, the book of Malachi does that a little bit. Malachi is being a prophet of God. Remember, Malachi means my messenger. That's what he was. He was God's voice. And uh, he ended up being the last voice that the people heard for over 400 years under the old covenant until... John the Baptist came, which, beginning, which began the new covenant of Jesus Christ. So Malachi had some things to say to his people. So I don't want these words to be negative, but I don't want them to be hard to listen to, even though maybe they can be a little bit. But I would hope that our hearts would be willing to receive the truth of God's word in the love that it's given. Because remember, remember, the Old Testament, in fact, all of Scripture is all about God loving us so much that he's calling us back into relationship. Everything about God's word is about love. And uh, God's love is expressed in truth and integrity and um, something that we just need to deal with. So I just want to make sure that we uh, appreciate it for what it is and that we um, we don't try to make the Bible say something it's not saying. Let's read it for what it is, and let's embrace it for what it is. So let's open up your Bibles to Malachi chapter 1. And if you don't have your Bible, we gave you a paper that has the scriptures in it that we're going to read from. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT Translation. And uh, we'll we'll jump into this, and then we'll continue to speak. So Malachi chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. Malachi says, go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all, asks the Lord of heaven's armies. Now remember, we're jumping into something that we started last week. Verse 10, so I, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that those worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I will not accept your offerings, But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord. And you are turning up your noses at my commands, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, asks the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who promises to, to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and my name is feared, Among the nations. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Now help us to discern the word today. Help us to understand what it is that you're saying through this and and how we can apply it to our lives today. Open our hearts and open our minds that we would hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what is Malachi saying here? He says, Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. Beg God to bless you. Beg God to answer your prayers. But when you bring that kind of offering, and we're going to talk about that kind of offering, what is that kind of offering? Why should he show you any favor at all? Ask the Lord. Remember, Malachi is speaking God's word. This isn't just Malachi speaking out of his anger, his frustration. He's speaking for the word. He's speaking the word of God. He's speaking for God. And so God has given a rather rhetorical question to his people. Go ahead, beg me. Beg me to bless you. Beg me to be merciful to you. But do you think I really should after you've given that kind of an offering? Now, last week we spent quite a bit of time talking about that kind of an offering. And we're going to talk about that kind of an offering a little bit more today so that we, we can get it because this is what the word, God's word said. But I want us to think about it in our text today, in our context today. What is our kind of offering that we're giving to God? What kind of offering are we giving to him? And then we go and beg God for his mercy. He goes on in verse 10. He says, How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. Something we don't like to read in God's word very often. But he says, I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I will not accept your offerings. (laughs) Heavy stuff, isn't it? Come on, this is not easy stuff to hear. We don't want to come into God's house and he says, I'm not pleased with you. I'm not going to receive your prayers today. I'm not going to receive your offerings. I'm not going to receive your worship today. Maybe that's why I felt so strongly about the fact that we need to say we're sorry for the times that we have come into the Lord's house with anything but our best. I think what God is saying here is please don't give me your second best, please don't give me your leftovers. Please don't insult me that way. Am I not worthy to receive more? Haven't I give you of heaven's best? Didn't I give you the best that I have in my son, Jesus Christ? Didn't he give you the best that he had? So please don't give me leftovers. Leftovers. You know, I think when we recognize that God is not one to mess around with, I think we'll get what he's trying to say here. When we recognize who God is, that we won't indulge him with a half-hearted sacrifice. I don't think you appreciate it. I know I appreciate it when somebody patronizes me. When somebody gives me a half-hearted slap in the back, But yet I've done it to God so many times that I don't think that He sees it. Now, this is not a guilt trip. This is an honest evaluation of our life. Let's just see it for what it is, okay? I'm not trying to guilt anyone here. I'm not trying to put a heavy burden on anybody here. I'm simply trying to read God's Word and then give it out as Malachi would give it out today if he was standing in my place. Or more importantly, if Jesus was standing in my place. Because the Holy Spirit is. The writer of Hebrews says this in verse 10, chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. He says, First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, this is Jesus speaking, here I am. I have come to do your will. So yes, there was a time in the Old Testament covenant when animal sacrifices and things of that nature were required by the law because they were the only way that man could attempt to cover their sin through the blood of a bull or a goat or a ram or some other perfect sacrifice. That was what God required. But that didn't really please him. It didn't really please him. What pleased God, and this is even harder to hear, what pleased God is when Jesus died on the cross and Jesus was crushed for sin. As hard as that was for God to do, it pleased him to crush his son. Because when Jesus was crushed for my sin, that was the only way that he could provide a pathway back for us to him. Remember, God loves us so much. All he wants from you is all of you. (laughs) He doesn't want a part of you. He doesn't want leftovers from you or me. All he wants is all of you. And all he wants is all of me. And Jesus says, I'm here, Father, to do your will. I'm here to do your will. And he said that as a great example for us, that we would do his will as well. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. But Samuel Samuel replied, this is when um, Saul was king and uh, not doing a very good job of it. Samuel the prophet came to Saul and says, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Remember, the entire Old Testament is crying out God's love for you and me. But he's saying it in a way that says, guys, what's more meaningful to me than the sacrifices is your loving obedience. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. It's proof of our love back to him as through our obedience. And so Jesus is saying, a sacrifice is not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is relationship with you. And the way we have it is through obedience and and surrender. Uh, He he says to to heed or to to surrender is better than the fat of the rams. And how do we do all this? How do we be that all that Jesus is wanting us to be? We do it through a very simple process called repentance it means that we recognize that we are not all that we think we are and that we just need to surrender ourselves to God and say God I'm not who I think I am but I see it the way you see it I see your love for me and the way that I'm going to get my love back to you is that I'm going to repent of my sin and I'm going to turn from my wicked way and I'm going to follow you with all of my heart that is heeding the word of God and that is what pleases him. That's the relationship that he wants based on truth and love. You know, God wants to do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. I'm re- I was reminded of that this morning when I woke up to a rainstorm. It was raining pretty hard out there this morning for a while. And as I was in here watching the thunder and the lightning and the rain, I was reminded of, you know, how badly we needed the rain. And now I know we got rain yesterday, but overall we've had quite a stretch without water. And the grass was getting green. And I'm sure if I was a farmer, the farmers would say, we need rain today. We need a little bit of rain to, to nourish our crops. You know, and it's just like God to give us what we need the only way he can, and that is through rain. Rain is a blessing. Do you know that? Rain is something that we need to have in our life, physically and spiritually. We need the reigning of God's Spirit in our life. And sometimes we look at rain as a bother. Oh, it's, it's impacting my plans today. I was going to go boating. I was going to go golfing. I was going to play outside, but it rained instead. Well, God's saying, you know what? I'm raining to you, and in this way, it is a real blessing to you because I'm providing for you something that you couldn't get on your own because there's no matter how badly I need rain, I can't create it. And I can't make it, but only God can. And so therefore, that's a real blessing. And God gives us other things in our lives that bless us to encourage us, to call us back into relationship with him in ways that we cannot do it on our own. And I thank the Lord for that. And sometimes it comes through a stormy day. Sometimes the things I need that I can't get on my own come through sickness, come through a financial burden, come through other stress in our life, and I don't like it, but, you know, I have to receive it because when I receive it in that way, then I can see God's blessing and I see him providing things for me specially, uniquely, just to meet the need that I have. Amen. And that's what he basically Malachi is saying in verse eleven. He's saying, "But but my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night, all around the world. They offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations," says the Lord of Heaven's Armies. So Malachi is saying, guys, people, other people are doing it, especially in our world today. I mean. Um, There's many churches, there's many missionaries out there that are proclaiming the gospel. And the world, or people around the world are are offering sweet, fragrant sacrifices and and incense to the Lord and pure offerings in his name. And God's name is great. God's desire is to be worshipped and to bless those that do. And it doesn't make any difference who the people are. God is totally oblivious to skin color, Totally oblivious to the nationality, totally oblivious to the language, because he understands all languages. He wants all people all around the world to love him. He wants all people all around this world to honor him and surrender to him. And here's the fact that when people do that, they're blessed. They're blessed. What's wrong with saying that? What's wrong with recognizing the fact that God's word says that my love for you is unconditional, but my promises to you, my blessings upon you are conditional because that's what the Bible says. I know it's not politically correct. The politically correct world says that God blesses everybody and he, he provides all things for all people for all their needs and, Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes those that are serving him the most, it might appear to them that they're getting the less of the blessings, the least of the blessings. But I think when we recognize who God is, that he is the creator, God, that he is all-powerful, and that he is totally in control of all things, that, he, that he's created us, to be in relationship with Him. That the reason that He created man was because He loved man and because He created man in in their image, meaning Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That by man's own choice, man fell away. Man chose to leave all that relationship. Man chose to walk away. And through God's grace and His mercy, He provided a way back, and that was through Jesus Christ. And when we can start to recognize that that that's the facts, and that the terms now, to come back to him, are on his terms, not my terms. That he says, you come through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And that we come through, through Jesus, to, through the blood of Christ, to, to the throne of heaven. That's the only way. It's not a, a, a bigoted way. It's not an arrogant way. It is the only way because he's the creator And he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to find false ways. He doesn't want us to go down false roads. He has the authority, and he's the only one that has the authority to give us relationship with him through Jesus Christ, his son. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying that? I know in the world it makes us sound very egotistical and very uh, narrow-minded, but can I say that the, what's, what's wrong with that is the pride behind that? The fact that men will not surrender to God is because they're prideful men. It's, this, it's the original sin. We talked about it in our foundations class today. It's the original sin that Satan had was the, the sin of pride that rises up in us today, even so today, and says, no, I refuse to agree, or I refuse to come under any authority of Jesus Christ because I have my own way. That's what the devil's way is. And it's not the way of God. We justify our way back to God through our own means because we don't like the real way. And the real way is the only way we don't like it. So we'll figure out our own, and it doesn't work. We're spinning the story, and it doesn't work. And that's what was happening in the times of Malachi's day, and it's still happening today. People aren't any different. We're the, same of, we're the same blood and flesh and blood as then, and our sin nature is still the same. And what Malachi was trying to say to the people is come back to him with your best offering. Now, I want to go over the next number of verses, 12 on, and I'm going to go a little bit quicker because basically we're going to find ourselves repeating ourselves. And it 's not that God it 's not, it's not bad for God 's word to repeat itself because through repeti- repetitive words it, it, it emphasizes it. But read with me, beginning at verse twelve, it says, "But you have, but you dishonor my name with your actions by bringing contemptible food, you are saying it 's all right to defile the lord 's table. You say it 's too hard to serve the Lord, and you turn up your noses at my command, says the Lord of heaven 's armies. Think of it, animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented. As offerings, should I accept from you such offerings as these, Asked the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who promises to give the fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and my name is feared among the nations. Malachi continues to make the point very clearly that God sees the heart of people. He sees the heart. In today's world, people are saying, still saying, it's too hard to serve the Lord. It's too hard to serve the Lord. Is it really? Let's think about it. Is it really too hard to serve the Lord? Well, can I suggest that it's not hard to serve the things we like to do? It's not hard to do the things that are my idea. I mean, we're kind of crazy. I, I can't think of any other living thing that does some of the crazy things that humans do. I mean, you take a look at any animal, they avoid risks as much as they can. A deer doesn't taunt the wolf. <laughs> I mean, a deer doesn't run out in front of the car and say, huh, try to hit me. You know, I mean, no, they they try to avoid risks as much as they can. Animals are smarter than us in many ways. People do stupid things. We have, we get thrills out of extreme sports. We do mountain climbing and and we do, well, I, I don't do mountain climbing, but people do mountain climbing and they do crazy things all for the sake of a thrill. It's not too hard for them to do that. Think about some of the things that you do. Think about some of the things that you spend your free time on. Where does your mind go when it has a few minutes? Think about some of the things that you do when you have spare time. Is it hard to do those things? Be honest with yourself. It's not hard to do the things I want to do. So is it hard to serve the Lord? I would say that if it's hard to serve the Lord, maybe we're not serving the Lord. Can I just say it? If it's really hard to serve the Lord, maybe you're not serving the Lord. Maybe you're serving a version of the Lord. Maybe you're serving your own kind of God. Let me just say that we don't earn our respect. We don't earn our merits with God, do we? We don't earn our salvation, do we? Our salvation comes through the grace of God because He loves us so much. That he provided the way, and thank the Lord Jesus paid, Jesus did the hard work. He's the one that paid, gave his life. I didn't give my life for my salvation. I just have to receive Jesus' life for my salvation. It's not hard. It's not hard if I want to love him, if I want to, to do the things that honor him. It's not hard. You think about the person that you love the most. Is it hard to serve them? I, I just, I just think of Jim and Lindell. Can I just use you as an example? You know, um, we all know Jim and Lindell. They got married here just recently. They're both in their golden years. <laughs> you told me that Jim, but they got married and and they had no idea that the weeks before they got married, that Jim was going to have cancer. And it wasn't long after they got cancer, that, or they got married, I think four or five weeks, that Jim was diagnosed with cancer. And I know it breaks Jim's heart because we've talked about it, how he's put a heavy burden on Lindell. But then I talk to Lindell, and she says, well, I'm here to serve Jim. So, for those that you love, you serve. And you serve well. And you know, and the Lord knew that was going to happen. And He also knew that He was going to put you two together. Because you are a blessing to each other. And you're a blessing to me. And you're a blessing to this church. We serve the ones that we love well, it's not too hard. And I think if we could start to see Jesus that way, if we could start to see, you know, Jesus, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to give you my best. You know, last week we talked about Jacob wrestling with an angel. We talked about the example of Jacob and Esau and so forth. And and, uh, I don't want to go back into that whole story, but I just want to remind us the fact that there comes a wrestling match for all of us. Jacob was not the man's man. Esau was. Yet God wrestled with Jacob all night long. And, and the angel says the story, it goes, if you go back in Genesis chapter 32 and you can read the account, but the angel couldn't overcome Jacob. And at the end, Jacob cried out for a blessing, and I will only let you go if you bless me. So there's a wrestling match here required by all of us, for all of us. This was a spiritual wrestling match because clearly Jacob could have been overcome by an angel. Jacob wasn't that tough of a man, wasn't that strong of a man to defeat an angel. But when they, couldn't, when they came to a draw, it was a spiritual argument, a spiritual wrestling match. And we all need to wrestle with the point that Jacob got to, because when when the wrestling was over, at that point in time, God said, Jacob, I'm going to change your name to Israel. And he became the father then, the grandson of Abraham. He became the father of Israel. And that's how God proved the love to the Malachi, to the people, because God chose Jacob. The point of that is this. We need to wrestle with the Lord until he changes our name. He has a name for you. And it's not the one your parents gave you. It's the one that he's giving you. chapter 2, verse 17, he says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Lord says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. You have to wrestle for your faith until he gives you a new name. And when you have that new name, I will tell you then it's easy to live for the man that gave you the new name. It takes the work out of it. It doesn't take the fight out of it, but it takes the work out of it because now it's a pleasure for you to serve the Lord. It's a pleasure to serve the one who you love. And so I just want to encourage you today that when it becomes difficult, when it becomes hard, to go back to who to remember who gave you the name. Who gave you the name that is written down in heaven for you? That name that's written in the book of life, who gave that to you? You didn't get it on your own. He gave it to you through the blood of Jesus. And now you're going to have to get it as you wrestle the fear of faith. And don't give up. Don't give up until you cry out, Bless me in this, O oh Lord. Bless me. Jackie, would you come? So this morning, as we prepare to close, I just want to encourage us today to know when it's appropriate to say you're sorry. To know when it's appropriate to say, Father, I really haven't given you the best. I've given you a crippled animal. I've given you out of my abundance, and it's not all the best. I'm sorry. And when you do that, when you come with that attitude of repentance and that attitude of sorrow, he replies back with an, a grace and a mercy. You know, when we take Christ throughout our day, we are purposely looking for ways to share him. We're purposely looking for opportunities to speak about him. We're purposely looking for ways that people can see Jesus in us. We walk and we live with the appreciation that the Holy Spirit is walking right alongside of us. We purposely invite him into every relationship that we have. And I know it's getting harder and harder to live in this world of unrest. I know it's getting more difficult. The political world that we're living is so charged right now with antichrist philosophies. I really appreciated your prayers this morning for me, but I want you to know that I pray for you. And I find it a struggle sometimes to keep my attitude in check. And I just need the Lord to forgive me sometimes. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And we are so grateful that you love us. And we're so grateful that you tell us the hard truths. And it takes a hard truth to break through a veil of deception. Because the problem is, when I'm deceived, I don't know it. And I think I'm living for you. I think I'm doing all the right things. But Lord, I'm really giving you a crippled animal. I'm not giving you my best all the time. And it takes a hard truth sometimes for me to realize that. And when that comes to me, I pray that I never, ever reject it. I pray that I take that rebuke and that correction and I pray that I take it as a form of submission and surrender where I say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've ever taken my agenda over yours. Lord, I pray that we as a people would give you our best. And Lord, when when, when we do give you our best, you give it right back. Because you're not in need of anything other than our best. But then you say, I know you need it. (laughs) So I'm going to give it back. I'm going to give it back to you to help you get through this life that you're journeying through because I want to have a relationship with you forever. So I'm not taking it away. When you give me your best, I'm not taking it away from you. I'm I'm, I'm receiving it back so that I can give it back. So I can give it to you to give to others. So, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Can we just sing the song that Jackie and Tom are playing? And let's just take the next couple minutes and let's just express our gratitude and our worship to Jesus. Is that your heart's cry this morning? I think it is. I'm sensing that there's a real heart's cry here of people needing Jesus more and more. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you today as you go all throughout your day today, as you go home, as you talk to your friends and families and throughout this week, I just pray that you would be encouraged and blessed. Know how much God loves you. Know how much he's for you. Give him your best. Give him your best. Father, bless us today as we go to our homes. Bless us, Father. I pray that you would just have pleasure in us today and that you would receive our sacrifices and our praise and our obedience. It's better than sacrifice. Pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.